or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Welcome back to our number two of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, we inform, and we celebrate. And we celebrate. This is our 100th episode. We are so excited. And every single one of those episodes has been brought to you by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. That is so fun. I love it when we have special music anyway, but then when it's like cool in the gang and getting to head bob a little bit, I love it. All right, so we have a huge lineup. If you've missed any portion of the show so far, if you missed the first hour, immediately go to gunfreedomradio.com, click the On Demand tab, and listen to that episode. The guests we've had on today have just been incredible. They've got incredible life stories. Um, they've been, Have all of them been authors? No. Our second, uh, Irina Baroness von Baer is not an author, but she is running for Congress, and her family history all by itself is a book that needs to be written. Her dad uh, was a black man from the south side of Chicago who served in World War II in a segregated military. Think about that. In her lifetime, we had a segregated military. And her mom uh, was Czechoslovakian nobility, and their family lost everything but their title. That's why she's a baroness still, to the Nazi invasion. That's a political divide and conquer. And then the Russians came in and occupied. And I mean, seriously, if she doesn't write a book, there's I'm going to have to find out why. And our next guest also has a book, a very interesting title to this book. Our next guest is David Hardy. And uh, he's got a few books, but this one, it's called I'm From the Government and I'm Here to Kill You. How about that? That's that'll grab you, right? The human cost of official negligence and how to stop it explained by a former government attorney. Dave practices law in Tucson, Arizona. After spending 10 years in Interior Department Office of the Solicitor in Washington, D.C., he has published four books, one a New York best time, uh, New York Times bestseller and 25 law review articles, which have twice been cited by the U.S. Supreme Court. David Hardy, you are kind of a big deal and welcome to the show. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. We are very excited. Okay, so we have to dive immediately into the title of this book. I'm here from the government and I'm here to kill you. What, what are we talking about? Well, I just started writing the, the book, which is largely deals with basically uh, mass killings caused by government negligence and occasionally intentionally, hmm. but mostly negligence. I mean, it starts off with the Texas City explosion of 1946. It killed 600 people due to 
fertilizer. And you know, in case after case, you see what happens is essentially the courts shelter the government. It wins when it gets sued time after time. And so in the end, the way the law works out, the agencies actually have an incentive to be dangerous. Hmm. Interesting. It works out that you're, if you want to be really legally covered, don't have any safety policies at all. The more safe you try to be, the bigger the risk that somebody might be able to sue you if somebody fails to execute one of those policies. So it was basically putting all this together, and then the title just burst into my head one day. Said, there yeah. it is. Well, you know what came came to my mind when you were talking about, and I had not heard about this fertilizer explosion. Um, mm-hmm. That was back in the 40s, you say? Yeah, 1946, Texas City. I did not they, know about that. But what well, came, what they, Go ahead. Uh, the government decided that ammonium nitrate explosive made for bombs would also be a great fertilizer, and so it shipped thousands of tons of it to Europe without labeling an explosive or treating it in any special way. Just, hey, it's fertilizer. So a ship with 2,300 tons of it caught fire in Texas City Harbor and blew up, and it killed about 600 people. Oh, wow. And when the survivor sued, it went to the U.S. Supreme Court that said, essentially, the government is exempt. You can't sue. Sorry. That is just crazy. And so the same organization that is putting piling regulation on top of regulation on top of regulation on government or on um, civilian business people small mom and pops uh if if any of us you know down here we we poor little citizens had a screw up like that we're toast right we are getting sued we're getting arrested we're getting just slaughtered the government they, does they, the exact same thing after handing regulations to us, and you're saying that they're they're Teflon. Yeah, they just hey, walk away. Hey, it's not our problem. You got hurt. Tough. Uh, if any private company had done the things that you I outlined in the book, like creating a greater radiation contamination than Chernobyl, blowing up Texas City, uh, that sort of thing, uh, their whole board of directors would be in prison. And they would be sued out of existence. That is crazy. the government does it, walks away. So the thing that had come to my mind was, and I, I should have researched the name of the river um, and the, the name of the incident, but where oh, yeah. uh, it was here in Arizona, I believe, right? Wasn't there this big spill that turned one of our yep. main rivers just this horrible orange bubbling oh. color? Yeah, I, I mentioned that in the book. I think it was the Animus River up in Colorado. Oh, Colorado. Right. We and so one. if, you know, the EPA would have just, you know, obliterated any private organization that had had such a screw up. But when the government mm. does it, everybody just kind of shrugs and goes, oh, yep. but it's safe to drink. Yeah, don't worry yeah. about the color. It's That's totally yeah. fine, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, uh, you know, you're getting finicky about the color of water. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm not drinking it. Sorry. No, sir. Well, well chromium's good for you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Okay, so tell us about the book that made the New York Times bestseller list. Does it have oh. an equally colorful title? Yes, it was uh, Michael Moore is a Big Fat Stupid White Man. <laughs> No, is that? F- <laughs> wait, wait, that, that woke me up. 
That woke me up. What did you say? Dan had to come back in the room. Michael Moore is a big, fat, stupid white man. He got to number eight or nine on the New York Times bestseller list. Wow. There's only one person in the world that wouldn't buy that book. Michael Moore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he, he probably uh, the was the first one to buy it. What, what are they saying about me? <sighs> yeah. The publisher insisted on the title. The publisher published his first book, and like everybody who has to work with him, by the time they get through working with him, they hate his guts. <laughs> wow, that's crazy. So it's the same publisher that he has used and that, that now loves your title. So what is that about besides the fact that oh. you, you're probably not a huge fan of Michael Moore? No, no. It was, it was basically a takedown of Michael Moore and all of his so-called documentaries and showing his uh, propaganda techniques, that sort of thing. Very interesting. I, I think I'll have to get a copy of that book because I really do. Uh, you know, seeing how people use language and seeing how people uh, manipulate the public is something that's a particular um, a fascination to me. It's Part of it's my psychology background, and part mm-hmm. of it is just um, to be a better consumer of the news, a better consumer of what I see even play out in movies and TV shows when you can... Once you start paying attention, you start seeing agendas like woven in and sometimes not even artfully. It's just right there in your face that there's some political agenda that the, uh, the writers are just throwing out there for public to, to just gobble mm-hmm. up, you know, just swallow it down. Don't think about it. Just just mm-hmm. like that orange water. Just drink it. It's fine. It's good for you. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. So what uh, what makes an attorney? Usually, you know, attorneys are kind of, you know, not as uh, lively and colorful and, and that sort of thing as, as we're experiencing you. Um, what, uh, what makes you so, so different that you come up with these clever titles uh, for your books? Well, I, I just, uh, you know, like to write. And I've got a few more on, in the pipeline. But uh, I did... Uh, well, I'm sort of semi-retired now, but when I was practicing, I was a trial lawyer, an appellate lawyer. So that sort of thing, you have to, you know, you have to be able to communicate. You don't sit there in your office and draft contracts all day. Yeah, absolutely. Communication is the key. Well, we've got to run already, but I want to okay. thank you for being on. I want to encourage everybody that if you want. Uh, you know, you want to have one of those gifts, uh, one of those holiday gifts that people will definitely be talking about. Maybe wrap up a book titled, I'm from the government and I'm here to kill you. And how would people, uh, author David Hardy, author of that book, how would people find all of your books? Uh, Amazon would be a guide to most of them. Um, I think Barnes & Noble has some. And uh, then there's, I've got a web page devoted to this one, which is uh, fromthegovernment.com. Fromthegovernment.com. Check that out immediately. Thank you again so much, David. Sure. We'll definitely have to have you back on as you keep cranking those books out. And uh, yeah. we wish you a, a happy holiday, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and all the blessings that come with it. Thank you, and may you have the same. Thank you so much. Bye-bye now. All right, well, stick around because Craig Joyner, president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association, is on with us next as we continue to celebrate our 100th episode of Gun Freedom Radio. 
When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea. Sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt, let potofgoldestate.com help you get the extra cash you need. Potofgoldestate.com will purchase your items outright, or you can consign them to their twice-a-month online auction. Pot of Gold's nationwide online auction is a great place to get top dollar for your collectibles. They specialize in everything from antiques, coins, high-end collectibles, to cars, boats, guns, and more. Get started today at potofgoldestate.com, or visit them off I-10 and Dysart Road in Historic Avondale for some live auction action. For more information, visit potofgoldestate.com. That's potofgoldestate.com. Hey ladies, Cheryl Todd here from azfirearms.com. Many of us ladies are taking the important step of becoming responsibly armed, but it can be an intimidating process. And with all the politics swirling, a first-time gun buyer, whether a guy or a lady, might feel uncertain about where to begin and who to trust. At azfirearms.com, we are a small, friendly, family-owned shop that specializes in first-time gun buyers. We are staffed with knowledgeable people who are ready to help answer all of your questions. My husband Dan and I pride ourselves on having a safe, no-pressure environment. Once you have decided on a purchase, azfirearms.com partners with professional firearms instructors who will train you to become a responsible, safe, prepared, and proficient gun owner. So ladies and gents, when you are looking for personalized service and a huge selection, come to azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road or visit us on the web at azfirearms.com. Wow! I feel good. I knew that I wouldn't. So James is back. Good. James is back, and y'all woke up a little bit, didn't you? I guess so. I feel good now. <laughs> Fe- feeling good. This is our 100th episode of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, we inform, and we hang out with this guy once in a while, right? James Brown. Yeah, and Arizona's going to even feel better after they hear what Craig has to say. Absolutely. Well, first, let me say that all 100 of our episodes of Gun Freedom Radio have been sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. So our next guest is a personal friend and uh, fellow board member. Actually, he's the president of the board of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association. Craig Joyner is here with some great news about one of our Arizona shooting ranges that almost closed for good. Closing ranges in Arizona? What, What kind of craziness are we talking about here? But the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association has given it a second chance at life welcome to the show craig thanks cheryl so excited to have you on now this is the what range am i talking about that almost like went flatline well we're talking about the joe foss range in uh, buckeye and and really it's uh the premier range in the the west valley for for phoenix residents 
It really is. And I can't even imagine how in the state of Arizona, where we have some of the best uh, constitutionally protected laws uh, for our gun rights, how are we risking the fact that we might have a range closing up? Like, we should have lines out the door every day. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the, the previous operator had a contract with the Maricopa County Parks and Recreation Department, who actually uh, built the range. And, you know, Cheryl and Dan, we're very fortunate, actually, in Arizona to have state and local government agencies like uh, Arizona Game and Fish and Maricopa County Parks and Recreation that that actually support our Second Amendment and, and built shooting ranges, you know, here in Arizona. But um, the people that had the contract with decided not to renew. And um, as a result, you know, Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association is part of our bylaws. Um, we're here, amongst other things, to help support the construction um, and uh, use of these ranges. So we felt the necessity to make sure that this range was going to be uh, continue to operate for for the public to to step in and uh, and take over operations. So we're we're operating it right now with under a special use permit with uh, Maricopa County Parks and Recreation, and while we're working on a, a longer term agreement. So you're saying, Craig, that it's open to the public now? Yeah, Dan. Um, actually, uh, this uh, this month in, in December, this coming weekend, uh, Saturday, Sunday, the 9th and the 10th, and also the following weekend, the 16th and the 17th, it's open to the public uh, starting at 8 a.m. till till 2 p.m. That's awesome. Uh, there is no other uh, organized ranges on the west side. So this is a great opportunity for people to go out and shoot. Not a, not an outdoor range. We've right. got like Shooter's World yeah. and things like that. What were you going to say, Craig? Yeah, that, that that's very true. And, uh, you know, out at the Joe Foss range, we have two ranges, uh, of course, outdoor. One's a 200-yard range, and the other range is a 50-yard range. And both of those have uh, 40 lanes on them. So it, it's really a huge complex out there. We've also got the trap and skeet field. There's archery fields out there. And we have the ability to do uh, hunter's education courses out there. Well, that's awesome. Also. And what? on top top of that there's two huge classrooms out there that can accommodate up to, to 90 students so it's a it's a sizable facility and parks and recreation has got a huge investment in that in that property so i have two questions one are, are what's the limitations what firearms are not permitted on the range um well 50 bmg dan is about it everything else is a welcome full auto is of course uh mm -hmm. welcome we just kind of draw the uh, the line at 50 BMG just from the standpoint of, uh, you know, tearing up the berms a little okay. bit. So 50 and above is not allowed. And that that's understandable because I've been to the range a couple times and you want to keep it in good order. So um, when when a person brings a gun to the range, they need to know that it needs to be in a, a, a bag or a case at, to take it to the shooting bench, right? Yeah, that's correct. And what we've got is when they first enter the complex, there's actually a huge building. And within that building, we actually have a retail shop. So everybody will go in there and they'll go uh, check in and, um, you know, pay for their range time. Oh, I also might also add that at the range itself, it's cash only. We have some um, issues with reception out there. So if people do want to come to the range and they want to use a credit card or a debit card, they can go to the ASRPA.com website and actually pay for their range use or uh, trap and skeet uh, rounds ahead of time. That's very cool. So um, 
is this something that NRA state associations normally do, or is there something that that our group is doing that's um, above and beyond or different? You know, that's a good question, Cheryl. I, I don't think this is anything that's uh, normally done, and I'm not aware of any other uh, NRA state association that's currently operating a range. And quite honestly, I mean, while it is in our bylaws to, you know, support the development of, of ranges, it's not something that we normally do. But again, we felt compelled to um, to make sure that this range stayed open for the public. And, it, and in addition to that, I was quite surprised, but I've made the rounds to all of our uh, law enforcement uh, friends in the West Valley, and there was an urgent need for them to to get out and use this range. So we've, we've actually enabled uh, through some arrangements to get some of our local West Valley police departments like uh, Goodyear and Buckeye to be able to get back out on the range. And we've That's... also got militaries that want to go out there and use the range when uh, it's not open to the public too. So it's really you know, it's it's a huge resource for the West Valley, and uh, we're just so pleased to be able to get back up and running. That's awesome. And what I heard you say is you just raised the bar and kind of threw a gauntlet out there. So um, <clears throat> all the NRA state associations that are listening across the country right now, um, this is possible. This is something that we're doing here in Arizona. So uh, reach out to some of your ranges that are struggling a little bit, you know. Give them a hand. Give them a boost. It's important to people staying safe and proficient, to our first responders being able to to practice with their uh, firearms that they carry, um, and which is a public safety issue. And, of course, you know, it's enacting our Second Amendment rights. So I'm just saying you threw the gauntlet. So um, Dan has a question for you now. So, uh, Craig, I understand that you have introduced a new format for shooting matches called the Arizona Defense Match. What's the, what's, the, what's that all about? Yeah, um, well, we noticed, Dan, that uh, quite a few of our younger shooters seem to prefer more of a tactical type of format when it comes to match shooting, if indeed they've done any match shooting at all. So what we tried to do with the Arizona defense match is combine the elements of traditional high-powered competitions, but with more of a tactical feel. So how that works is is basically people show up they have a rifle um it can have a scope or be iron sights it's totally up to them and a backpack and the backpack has to have everything you're going to use for the match in there be it sunscreen water ammo uh everything and that backpack also you're going to end up using that as a a rest as you progress through the uh the competition but basically we shoot from the 300 then the 200, then the 100-yard ranges, and uh, you really have to know your firearm. I mean, you have to know the, if you're using a scope, you got to know the come-ups and come-downs, and you have to be, uh, you know, really one with your, your firearm, and you have to know where the ammo is and how you're composition the backpack. So it's, it's quite of a challenge. The thing I really like about it, and the people that have done this thing like about it, it's, it's a three-hour match from start to finish. So it's a lot of action. And uh, we did one of these fairly recently up at Ben Avery and asked for feedback, and everybody loved the format. That's exciting. Uh, so if somebody wants to get involved in that, how do, how do they contact you for that? Well, I would simply have them go to our uh, ASRPA.com website. And uh, there's nothing up there yet other than the results of the previous match that we had. But 
this is one of the things that we're going to be doing in the, the new year. We're going to be rolling out this Arizona defense match f- format, and we intend to do matches all the way from Sierra Vista in the south up to Kingman in the north and all the way over to Yuma. So we're going to make this truly a statewide um, uh, fun competitive event. Well, ASRPA has also been really good about including families and including uh, juniors in a lot of your, your educational programs and safety programs. Um, so I imagine that you've uh, probably been working on maybe expanding those a little bit. Can you talk to us about what's going on with the juniors? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think we've got one of the best juniors programs uh, in, in the country, to be honest with you, Cheryl. And, and this is not down to me because I'm you know, the fairly new president, but we've had a long tradition of supporting juniors uh, and junior programs. And we're, we're very proud of the fact that every year we support sending um, our junior high power team to the, the national matches in, in Camp Perry. But I'll tell you what we're most particularly um, proud of. And that's the fact that in the last six years, six of our juniors have ended up uh, receiving appointments to U.S. military academies. As a wow. matter of fact, right now, we've just had Two, Sarah and uh, Alex, that have just started up at the Naval Academy in in Annapolis. So we're incredibly proud of them. That is awesome. One of our guests earlier was talking about how only 1% of our nation serves. And you've got two young kids, well, you know, juniors, who are going to become part of that 1%. And and I can't help but believe in large part due to the experience and opportunities that they've had through uh, ASRPA. Yeah, you know, it's particularly gratifying at this ADM match that I was telling Dan about. and uh, we I had um, a couple parents come up to me, one in particular, who thanked me and ASRPA um, because they really felt that their junior, this is something that they grasped onto, and uh, he, he told me that it had a significant impact, positive impact on this young person's life to be part of this, um, this junior high-power team. And I, I was, you know, goodness i it really uh, took me aback i was so proud of that absolutely as as you should be and uh just really appreciate all you do to help keep the sports alive and safe um passing them along to the next generation that legacy is so important and we've got to wrap up but just real quickly could you tell folks how they could learn more about everything that the asrpa is doing Yes, um, I would just have everybody go to ASRPA.com uh, or particularly if you want some information regarding uh, Joe Foss and some of the things I've spoken about today, simply go to president, send me an email at president at ASRPA.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Craig. We really appreciate it. Hope you have a blessed holiday season, a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. And uh, we'll definitely be checking back in with you in in uh, 2018 to find out what's going on oh. out there. Okay. Well, thanks so much, Cheryl and Dan. Congratulations on your 100th episode and uh, Merry Christmas. Thank you. Same to you. All right. Bye-bye now. Stick around. We still have... We thought we were going to have Congressman Trent Franks, but that's okay. He is busy. He's on the floor right now, giving some votes, going through some important government business. Instead, we're going to be talking about the same topic. We're going to be talking about that national reciprocity bill, the H.R. 38, what all that means. What is this new fix nix thing they're trying to mash in there together? We're going to be talking about that with Lars Daleside, the spokesman for the NRA, ILA. 
right after this. Stick around. Hey everybody, this is Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan, world champion gunslinger and Hollywood gun coach. In the Westerns, there's always a good guy and a bad guy and sometimes the ugly guy. And I always root for the good guy, which is why I'm here to tell you about the good folks over at azfirearms.com. They are straight shooters and always give you the best deal in town. azfirearms.com is the biggest little gun shop in Arizona and have something for every single gun enthusiast. Long guns, pistols, hunting, military, law enforcement, home protection, you name it. And when you've got some guns to sell or trade in and trade up, azfirearms.com are the folks to see. Geez, they bought a cannon once. They are family owned and operated, friendly staff, courteous, totally reliable. azfirearms.com will give you the best value for your used guns. So stop in, see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd at azfirearms.com in Old Town Avondale off the I-10 and Dysart Road and tell them Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan sent you. The Second Amendment Foundation is the organization that protects our right to keep and bear arms. They defend our rights in courts from coast to coast. Now they need our help. Go to saf.org and join the Second Amendment Foundation today. Dedicated to promoting a better understanding of our constitutional heritage to privately own and possess firearms. Support those who support our Second Amendment rights today. That's saf.org. Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold Auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at pottygoldestate.com. a party right here in the studio too why why would we be celebrating why would we be having a party because it's our 100th episode of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform and every one of those 100 episodes has been sponsored by brought to you by azfirearms.com the biggest little gun shop in arizona Man, 100 episodes. That's a lot of talking. (laughs) And I I think I'm up to the task. So uh, speaking of talking, which is what we do on this show, (laughs) I hear you giggling, Lars. I hear you over there. (laughs) And I appreciate you are really my, my best pal today because you had all of maybe 10 minutes notice to say, Hey, can you jump on the show and help us out today? And you are such a pal that you did because our Arizona Congressman Trent Franks was scheduled, but he's like right now, I think, getting ready to talk about this H.R. 38 National Reciprocity Bill and couldn't make it to the phone. And so I'm like, well, who else knows everything there is to know about it? Hmm. <laughs> Lars Daleside knows, and Lars is the spokesman for the NRA ILA. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, Lars. Hello there, Charlotte. I want to thank you very much for making me part of your 100th episode. Right? This is so exciting. I'm, I'm so tickled that this worked out the way that it did. So this NRA ILA, I mean, the, uh, the HR... 
38 national reciprocity thing. All right. Mm-hmm. So it was sounding great, right? We're just removing the, the borders between states that, you know, if I'm a safe, responsible gun owner in Arizona, I shouldn't suddenly, you know, be risking jail time or fines or anything like that just for crossing this imaginary border into California. That sounds great. But then somebody decided, well, let's throw this other thing and mash it up in there together called Fix Nix Act. And then people start getting like, I don't know about this Fix Nix Act thing. It's starting to sound like, you know, maybe we're going to throw prohibited people in there that shouldn't be prohibited. And then the whole thing got messy. And now we're looking at today, which is Wednesday, December 6th. And we're pretty sure they're going to vote on this mashup. And everybody is like, I don't know. Do I tell my congressman, yay, vote on it? Do I tell my congressman, don't do it, there's poison in it? What? Help us sort this out. Well, yes, you do call your, your congressman and congresswomen, and you tell them to vote for it. Okay. So the problem that we're having out there with uh, the fix next thing is because there are a couple of so-called gun groups out there, which are really nothing more than just fundraising entities that are spreading lies about the fix next legislation. Because here's what the fix next legislation does. It gives money to the states to help hire the people, get the computers, and do all the stuff that they need to in order to report uh, the, the people who already are prohibited by federal law from owning firearms. It doesn't do anything like what Obama was doing in the, his last few years. Like He made up a bunch of categories with the Veterans Administration that all of a sudden people that had a representative payee and mm-hmm. suffered from these diseases, all of a sudden they would be prohibited. And in Social Security Administration, he was trying to do the same thing. Fix NICS does not do that. This just gives more money to the states so they can make sure that the people that should be on the list are on the list. So basically we should be thinking about how the Air Force, I feel so bad for them that they have to bear this cross, but the Air Force did not, for whatever reason, pass along the name of this wacko guy that purportedly was the shooter in Las Vegas from the Tower Mm. of the Mandalay Bay. Uh, Wait, no, is that the one? That's That's not the one. Oklahoma, the oh, the church the, shooter. The church shooter was the one that should have been in the system. That's right. I'm sorry. I confused those stories. So the Air Force should have reported this man's um, mental issues, did not. And this is what I'm being told by the people that support the Fix Nicks, that people like that, that no way, no how should be um, possessing a firearm that the information about them makes it into the NICS database, not just the, the senior citizen or the veteran who needs help balancing their checkbook. Is that a fair delineation? That, that, is, that is very fair. As Like I said, I've seen a, a few of these other groups and even a few legislators apparently who have been listening to these guys for some reason that are saying that, oh, this will allow agencies to adjudicate people as prohibited. It's like, no, no, because... Agencies can't adjudicate anybody, just courts can adjudicate. The only responsibility of the agencies, and this is what this bill will help them do, is to report the people who should be reported. We're talking about those with felony convictions, 
you know, those who are habitual drug users, those who are domestic abusers. I mean, the whole list that everybody knows that if you go into a gun store and if you fall under one of these categories right now, that you should be prohibited from purchasing a firearm. That's the only thing that this does. No new categories, no new list of prohibited people, nothing. Just make sure that the right people are on the right list. Okay, well, that's starting to make a little bit more sense now. So this, the NICS system itself, I mean, I mean nothing is perfect, right? And so the, there's things where people, there's false positives that happen, and so somebody gets denied their right because their name is similar to someone else's or their birth date is similar or something like that. Um, so there's, there's people that either are delayed or denied their rights because of the way that the system works now. And so some of the pushback I've heard is, so we're going to throw more names into this already overburdened system? Why aren't we spending the money fixing the system? What are your thoughts about that? Well, there actually is money for that to fix that system. Right now, if you are incorrectly uh, denied the right to purchase a firearm, the appeals process right now can take up to a year to get that taken care of. There's language in the legislation in the six NICS part of the bill that actually turns that around in 60 days instead. So we're speeding up the process, we're helping to clean it up, and we're making sure all the right records are in there all in one. Very good. Now, is in this fix NICS uh, mashup with the HR uh, 38 National Reciprocity Bill, is does this have anything to do, getting back to that Vegas guy and the whole bump stock um, controversy, is any of that having to do with talking about whether bump stocks should be made legal, illegal, or, or any of that sort of thing? There's, there's a call for a study in the legislation, but that's it. Um, it, it doesn't have anything to do with there's no regulation or legislation along those lines of that would be forward that. So that's the only thing it has is by way of a congressional study that's involved. Because when you get right down to it, the bulk of this thing is, as you said, the original uh, language from H.R. 38, the Concealed Carry Reciprocity Act, which means as you pointed out earlier, for those of you in Arizona, if you're allowed to carry concealed in that state, then you'll be able to go um, west to uh, to California and carry there as well as you're visiting family on business or merely just passing through because Lord knows it's you can't really pass through California, at least if you go south to north <laughs> in one day. That's true. <laughs> Lars, welcome to the show. This is Dan. I'm uh, coming in late on the show, but the thing that you said about 60 days to uh, clear somebody who gets uh, denied, uh, mm -hmm. we have customers that that happens to quite a bit that, that uh, they get delayed and delayed and delayed, but they eventually get approved. And so this 60 thing, is that 60 day deal, will that be a uh, mandatory that they do it in 60 days or else, or is this a suggestion? Uh, it requires a response within 60 days. Okay, that's great. Because right now it stays a little open-ended, and that's, yeah. that's, that's not ideal news. for those of us that have FFLs. You know, yeah. it's like kind of leaves it in our lap to make the decision after 60 days, and, and that's, that kind of nullifies the entire process, yeah. which is one of the things that's broken. So I'm really happy. Yeah, and if nothing else, for me, it always goes back to what I talk about. When, when I start discussing about the delayed right to purchase, I go back to the story of the New Jersey woman, Carol Bown, mm -hmm. who she was being stalked by her ex-boyfriend, mm -hmm. and he made threats. He, like, thrown 
rocks through windows and basically said he was going to kill her. She applied for a permit in New Jersey. Now, in New Jersey, you're supposed to get a response for a permit to purchase. Mm-hmm. Not to carry, but to purchase. Just to buy one. Within 30 days. She called at 30 days, Got said it's being processed. She called at 40 days, said it's still being processed. And two days later, he stabbed her to death in her own driveway. So horrible. And see, that's where those delays can really, uh, I mean, that's a life or death situation. So real quick, before we have to run away, it's clear that the NRA's stance is it's still a good bill. Even with the mashup, it's still a good bill. We should still encourage our um, Congress people to to vote for it. But help me understand one piece of it. Um, an earlier guest on our show was saying, well, if you're if you can drive 65 on one side of the you know, in Arizona, and you cross the border into California, and their sign says 55, we don't get to say, well, I'm, you know, we have reciprocity. It's 65 where I come from. So using that uh, analogy, what, when the state, when we're being told that you still have to follow the state's laws of California, Mm -hmm. but yet here in Arizona, we have constitutional carry, how do those things come together? Well, well, first off, you, you don't have a constitutional right to drive a car. Well, that's we'll true. We'll get that out first and foremost. <laughs> this, this is true. Bad analogy. <laughs> well, it's the one that people make all the time. It says, we need to be licensed to drive a car. Is why you should be licensed to, to own a gun. It's like, well, there's nothing in the Constitution about that. But, um, but, but the thing is that if you are legally allowed to own a firearm, then you should be legally allowed to actually use that firearm to protect yourself, your family, your homes, your business, whatever it may be. Yes. So when you do go into California, you haven't suddenly turned into some stark raving mad lunatic. Right. <laughs> Which is the way they would look at us being from Arizona. <laughs> right. I mean, there there is this overall stereotype that for some reason gun owners are some sort of wild yahoos just ready to to shoot every street sign they see running down the road and that's the furthest thing from the truth and if nothing else it's downright insulting because gun owners are your neighbors your doctors the teachers the soccer coaches these are the people that you trust your kids with that watch your dog while you're on vacation that you know invite you over for dinner absolutely these are not people that you have to worry about going crazy you know the criminals are going to be criminals mm-hmm. and they are always going to break the law mm-hmm. but the law-abiding gun owner is somebody you can trust and they should be trusted to be able to protect themselves wherever they go absolutely well thank you so much for diving in here at last minute notice uh lars we really appreciate it and if people have more questions about this or want to do some more reading about it, where would be a good place to send them? Send it right to our website, which is nraila.org. That's nraila.org. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it, Lars. You have a blessed holiday season, a happy new year, a Merry Christmas, and all of those things until we speak again. Thank you, Cheryl. Say to you. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye bye. All right, stick around. Hopefully, we have uh, we've made a little better sense of all of that, huh? And uh, on the other side of this commercial break, we have our responsibly armed citizen report, and maybe, maybe Dan's commentary. Um, I don't think so. Mm. <laughs> we'll see. Stick around. 
And we're back with Cheryl Todd talking about the huge gun-buying event at azfirearms.com. Oh, AZ, I get it, as in Arizona. Yes, but... Oh, or AZ, as in everything from A to Z. Well, yes, that too. But what I'm telling everybody about is that azfirearms.com is having a huge gun-buying event to buy your old firearms all across Arizona and everything from A to Z. That's great news. See, my grandpa left me an old shotgun, and it's just sitting on a closet shelf at home. So I can bring that into azfirearms.com and sell my gun? Absolutely. azfirearms.com buys, sells, trades, and even consigns your old firearms. Any vintage, any style, military, long guns, handguns, hunting, or home protection. Single items or entire collections. We offer the highest value for your used firearms in a safe and friendly environment, staffed by knowledgeable people. azfirearms.com is Knoll Town Avondale off I-10 and Dysart Road. Come on down to the huge gun buying event every day through the end of the month at the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. And for all your firearm and ammo needs, visit azfirearms.com. Come listen to the Self-Defense Gun Stories podcast. Hear about armed civilians protecting people they love. Were they lucky or were they prepared? Come listen and learn at selfdefensegunstories.com. For straight shooting, look to the biggest little gun shop in the West, azfirearms.com, where they have everything you need to be a safe and responsible gun owner. Huge selection and a friendly and knowledgeable staff. They're my nationwide hometown gun shop, and you should make it yours, too. And when you go, tell them old Don Collier sent you. We are on top of the world, and sometimes on top of the table, dancing a little bit. Because why? Because this is our 100th episode of Gun Freedom Radio, and we are celebrating. So excited that for 100 episodes, we've been engaging, educating, and informing, and sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. What an incredible time in an incredible country that we live in that we can just citizens just decide that we have something to say right so we reach out to another small business person uh, and we form a radio show and we reach out to other people who are experts in their field and they are our guests and it's just an incredible thing and I it is definitely worth celebrating so one of the things that we get to do on this show that uh, I just think is such an incredible opportunity is to talk about responsibly armed citizens. Fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. So responsibly armed citizens use guns two and a half million times a year for self-defense and 200,000 times a year a woman prevents a sexual assault because she was armed. Somehow, we never hear these stories on the network news, so we are proud to bring them to you here on Gun Freedom Radio. So today we have a clip from Tennessee where Danger was strolling down the street, hoping to take his prey by surprise. Well, thankfully, and I'll let the news clip tell the story, but thankfully, the safety and lives of so many were protected 
by two responsibly armed citizens who were prepared for the unexpected. New details about what happened when a man opened fire outside Schlenker Automotive Friday afternoon, killing one employee and paralyzing a second. Rockledge police say employees at that auto shop saved quite a few lives when they fought back and fired at 28-year-old Robert Lorenzo Bailey Jr. Mr. Bailey had multiple magazines on his person. He was intent on doing harm. And the employees stepped up and prevented customers, employees, and other vendors who were in the business at the time from sustaining uh, further injury. They did a good job. Longtime Schlenker employee Robert Lee Smith died as a result, and a 25-year-old co-worker is paralyzed after the shooting. Bailey is charged with premeditated murder as well as two counts of attempted murder. Bailey is in the hospital after being shot twice. You read about this happening all over the country, and you never expect this to happen in the city of Rockledge. The big question that remains is why did the shooter open fire on this automotive shop? Police say there is no connection between Bailey and the store or any of its employees. In fact, police say Bailey was never even a customer there. A guy with a gun walking down the street with a lot of ammunition confronting the first people he saw. That's what we're operating off of right now. The investigation continues as police try to piece together what happened that Friday afternoon. Clay Lepard, News 6. Police say that. Wow, let's uh, take note of that, uh, all you companies out there that say no firearms on the premises and keeping their employees from carrying firearms. Because from what I heard on this, it was an employee or two employees that had firearms that stopped this man. So let's take note of that. Absolutely. I mean, I don't think you can underplay that because there was nothing that would have indicated to anybody that, you know what, that one guy, he left here mad yesterday, so maybe we need to have a little extra security. This was so random. And uh, that is what so many of us train for is the unexpected and the random that happens in life. Just like when you drive out of your driveway, you put your seatbelt on. Do you put it on because you're sure you're going to have a wreck that day? Or you only wear it the days that you think you're going to have a wreck? No. You wear it every single day. And that is what we train for, what we prepare for, and what we want the H.R. 38 National Reciprocity Bill to do for us when we're traveling across borders. I mean, there's people that live in Arizona and work in California, right? Right. And so they have to leave their firearm at home. And guess what? Everybody in California knows. <laughs> That guy's not armed today. Why? Because he's in California, not in Arizona. But if he has Arizona plates, they might look twice. <laughs> but you know. Maybe. It, it, yeah, maybe. Well, maybe they should. But um, it makes you think about that, that uh, the, the uh, unexpected is not so unexpected when you train yourself well. That's so true. Well, I did not leave you time for an entire Commentary. I don't want to do no commentary. I want to talk about good things. I went to the SAR West show okay. this weekend. We had our auction guns for Pot of Gold Estate Auctions. We had their uh, guns on our table. Mm -hmm. We had 12 tables. Whoa. And we had some magnificent guns. And then, of course, that led to the people coming to the auction on Monday night. But I just want to tell you about this this show. Uh, it was uh, fantastic. I, there's several hundred, or there are thousands of tables there. It's in four or five buildings, and, you know, you can look for a North American Arms Derringer, or you can buy a bazooka, or, in fact, Cheryl, maybe you should know. Oh, is this a, oh, by the way, honey, I bought something story? So, no, she kind of <laughs> knew. I, I bought, I bought an 81 millimeter 
direct fire mortar. Now this is a big gun, weighs about 1,500 pounds. It's set on the front of Vietnam uh, ships during the Vietnam War. And I don't know of any that are in civilian hands now. So when you say a mortar, that's the kind where in the movies you see them, they like drop a, a, like a grenade-shaped thing with tube. wings on the back, right? Right. Drop it down the tube, and it goes, whoop, uh-huh. and right. off it goes. And then it goes, boom, at the other end. Mm-hmm. So I bought one of those. Now, the difference between this one, this looks like a cannon. And so what you can do is you can drop the mortar in the gun. It won't go off if you set it right. Then you can aim it and then pull the trigger, and it will fire. Or if you're in a hurry and you don't want to do that, then you can just drop them in and it will fire. If you're in a hurry. So, you know, <laughs> Cheryl asked me, why do you want that? Did I ask that? Kinda. I think it's because you can strap a 50 to the top. Oh, that's that's true. <laughs> a 50 caliber machine gun goes on the top. That's when you're really, really in a hurry. So I c- kind of have one of those. Mm-hmm. So did you know that, Cheryl? Yeah, I think I did. Okay, well. And if I didn't, I do now. But anyway, that sets on top of it, so you can shoot that too. But anyway, Cheryl asked me why I want that, and I and I think I said because I need it. Thanks, James. James goes to the shows with me too. Buy that, buy that, Danny, buy that. She would be okay with that. I don't think that was a need. I'm pretty sure that was a want. Oh, it's a need. It's a want. It's a need. Oh, well, I can't fight with you and James at the same time. So I guess I guess I'll say, okay. you know what else? We we had our friend uh, Joey Rocket Shoes Dylan there at the Small Arms Review uh, Gun Show performing, doing his quick draw. Now, he has been getting a lot of Hollywood work where he's a gun coach to the stars. I have to tell you. Godless, that's on Netflix right now. Yeah. Is one of the most super cowboy movies I've ever seen. And Joey did all the training on, for, for all, all the gun handlers. Yeah. From the old Winchester rifles to the quick draw. Uh, it, it's such a good movie, and I highly recommend you see that. It's seven episodes. Cheryl and I watched the last four in one night till two in the morning. It was it was that good. And one of the characters, I, his name's Whitey. The, the moves, the tricks that he does, it was like as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's Joey. Joey, I know that he taught Joey, or Joey taught him. Yeah. So that was cool. We also have our 2017 calendar out, and last year we used it as our pot of gold auction calendar. So we had our cute little pinup girl, 1950s style, very classy, very tasteful uh, pinup girls with all of the... Um, you know, it was like a classic car, like a jukebox. I'll tell you. And this year. Where else can you see on October a witch flying a 57 millimeter anti uh, 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 recordless rifle? Where are you going to see that? <laughs> Beautiful picture. Who needs a broom in October when you've got a, yeah, a one of those things that you rifle. just said? Yeah. No, it's so cute. Uh, I'm so proud of this calendar. The company that comes out and takes our photographs is Victory Photos. That's F-O-T-O-S. Got to look them up. They do awesome work, and they work with a lot of um, veterans and their wives doing you know just really beautiful uh, pinup type work. And uh, I'm so proud of this. So go on our website, azfirearms.com, and look for calendar. And you could buy actually last year's or this year's. Uh, you'll love it. So, Cheryl, 
when we first got married, would I have been able to hang that calendar in my room? Yeah, because it's that tasteful. Good. Yeah. I want to hear. It's That's not right. like a gun bunny thing. No. It's just so, it's just dang cute. So look it up, see what you think. And that's azfirearms.com for our 2018 calendar. And the time has come to say goodbye for our 100th episode. And we're coming into a new year as well. Mm-hmm. Our next episode will be in January. Absolutely. 2018. Two more two more months of Cheryl going to school and then we can get back into gear. Yes. I just got to hang in there. Hang in there. All right. Well, thank you so much. We really just appreciate everyone who is involved in what we do here for all 100 episodes and long into the future. Thank you to our listeners. Thank you to our guests. Thank you to our studio crew. You are all amazing. And without you, we wouldn't be able to do this. So until next time, pray for our nation. Pray for our leaders. All of them? Yeah, even the ones you don't like. Especially the ones you don't like. Okay, all but two. Be good (laughs) to each other. Have a great week. God bless. And we leave you with a little bit of celebration. On our 100th episode, send you out dancing. Celebration